Hey guys, this is Hunter Levine, and thank you for listening to the Captain's Collective Podcast. Brought to you by Skinny Water Culture, All Hands Vodka, Turtle Box Audio, Costa Sunglasses, and Orvis Fly Fishing. Over the past few years, I've had the opportunity to travel and meet some incredible men and women in the fishing industry. And while I've cherished my time with those who have been considered legends in their fields, I've also met some great up-and-comers who are young, humble, and hungry to learn. That's why I've decided to do this short series called Young Guns, where I sit down with some of the friends who I've made along the way to hear about their story and outlook on the outdoors. The first episode is with Luke Spear, who's a fly fishing guide in the Florida Panhandle and had the privilege of being raised by the legendary Keys fishing guide, Harry Spear. Luke is hard at work building his business and carving his own path as a guide. And I know that you'll enjoy our conversation that we had over a cup of coffee as Luke was heading off to Colorado to chase elk. We hope that you enjoy. Thank you for listening. This is the Captain's Collective, Young Guns. All right. Hey, Luke, thanks for stopping by on your way to chase some elk. Mm-hmm. Um, just wrapped up your tarpon season, and uh, I'm excited to hear about your trip. And over the past, I don't know, we've been fishing and hanging out together probably six years now, six At or seven. Five I mean, or six. Yeah, yeah since, since right before the podcast even started. And I'm excited to interview you. We got this mini series called Young Guns, and we're talking about guys who are in the fishing and hunting industry who are earlier kind of at the beginning of their career that I have met along the way that I think are doing things really well and doing interesting things. And I'm pumped just to have have you on here and kind of pick your brain from your vantage point and, and your background. And um, obviously, I, your dad, uh, Harry, was the first podcast I ever did. And so it's fun to have you on here mm. and to get your perspective on things. But tell, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and your childhood upbringing down in the Keys with a, a dad who was really in the mix. Mm. All right. So childhood beginning. Um, growing up in Florida Keys, uh, Almirada, um, awesome, awesome childhood upbringing. Uh, couldn't ask for any better. Lived uh, right across the street from... Uh, a big park, swimming park, um, swimming every day. The is that like a pool? I don't know what a swimming park is. So it's yeah, like, uh, Olympic size. Okay. Pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, diving boards. Um, yeah, it awesome, awesome upbringing. Uh, growing up with Harry being my dad, uh, spent a lot of time out on mm-hmm. the water. Um, every day that he had had off we were out on the water with him Mm -hmm. um which is really really sweet the only way we were able to do that was being homeschooled Mm -hmm. all of us kids and you guys all had like suburbans that everybody drove around in there's like a joke about that the 86 uh 86 Suburban, 2500s. Yeah. And it wasn't just Harry that had one. No, like, it was... I, somebody had mentioned that, that like Harry and all the guides like had... All the homeschool families had, that we were friends with had 86 Suburbans. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what, a cult, but... No, no. It, it's a little culty. <laughs> but we should we should definitely bring them back. That was one of my... Yeah. To, to this day, that's one of my favorite body styles. Mm, yeah. Uh, as far as... Uh, my wife drives a... 2004 yeah. and it's like the motor is still kicking she's almost got like 300,000 on it but yeah. there's like random stuff just fall like just falls <laughs> full, it's, handles, just, it's just been around a long time mirrors, yeah, yeah. yeah all that stuff so you go to the pool a lot you fish a lot fishing a lot um yeah awesome 
awesome upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in 03, we would have moved uh, up here to Franklin County, mm-hmm. which uh, was a very culture shock, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, compared to the Keys. Um, How I, old were you? I was nine. Okay. I was nine. So it didn't affect me as much as my older siblings, uh, especially my older sisters. Mm-hmm. That was, they were older teenagers, so they, that, that was tough. That was tough on them. Yeah. Um, For those who don't know, Franklin County is rural. Very <laughs> rural. <laughs> very much so. Went from uh, the keys to the sticks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it is... Um, it was a, my upbringing was, was great. Mm-hmm. It was really good. What did those I, fishing trips look like when you were a kid? Uh, shoot. It, I remember um, on Father's Day, at least two or three years in a row, we would go offshore in Dad's mm-hmm. skiff and fish for um, mahi, um sailfish small tunas mm-hmm. uh deep drop on wrecks for uh, amberjack um african pompano mm. just so you had a big variety it wasn't it was just a huge variety i think some people might think oh harry spears your dad you're yeah. you're running out and doing bonefish yeah. or and tarpon, tarpon every or day. snook or something like yeah. that that's not the case mm-hmm. not the case we 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 did it all um and dad was very uh what would be the word i'm looking for um very nice to us kids he didn't make us suffer mm-hmm. we used a lot of live bait mm-hmm. and uh we didn't go fishing we went catching mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um from tarpon snook redfish snapper mm-hmm. it, nothing was safe out there for mm-hmm. for us Tell me a little bit about your progression as a kid, kind of, because when you start young, like it's, you know, I take my daughters out and we, we mostly do live bait. My oldest daughter has done a little bit of sight fishing with me and she still hasn't hooked a redfish sight fishing, Mm -hmm. but she's actually come a lot closer than I would have thought. Like, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, she's, she does enjoy that, but, but you know, like when you first start, you're just trying to take your kid out. You're just trying to go catching catching and catching catching you're doing little trips you're doing it when the weather's right you know Mm. you're looking at all those conditions but then as you get older and older and older you do try to like instill some of the challenge some of the patience Mm. for you what was it like going from you know a kid who's just going on short little trips how did you kind of find it for yourself as far as falling in love with it because not Mm. all your siblings are super into fishing right i mean all of them enjoy fishing Mm -hmm. um I wouldn't say I enjoy it more, but I do it more. Mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to get out on the water more than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find patience as far as fishing until I was a teenager, until we moved up here. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we just bait fishing down in the Keys. I didn't pick up a fly rod until a late teenager, probably around 14, 15. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't learn patience until I moved up here. Until you know, pulling around all day to catch mm-hmm. catch a couple couple redfish. <laughs> yeah, 
with with y'all growing up in the keys before we kind of move on to the franklin county side of things like so you would go to a pool a lot as a kid you would do a lot of live bait fishing mm -hmm. kind of around what other what else like help people understand what that time period was like down there with all the kids because that's one of the biggest challenges for people in the keys that i know is just the family side it's a tough mm -hmm. place for families so fortunately we had a good a good church group mm -hmm. that um a, and a lot of homeschool kids that we just all we all hung out together mm -hmm. all relatively close in age mm -hmm. um and yeah that was that was a that was a big help probably for for our moms mm -hmm. to to switch off days to all right you're watching these kids today and yeah. we'll take them tomorrow <laughs> yeah get a break yeah yeah but other than other than water time and school time that, that's all i can that's remember. about it and there wasn't too much school time <laughs> and so i know you love hunting and i know your dad loves hunting did, did you get to do much of that as a kid or, mm. or did, did that come later that that came later but we would we would usually make a a hunting trip once a year and we called it a grocery trip that was pretty much just a harvest meat mm -hmm. um and that from from what i remember was we would go to alabama mm -hmm. um and until we moved up here yeah that was that, that was our an, annual trip just to shoot whitetails just to shoot yeah. doe whitetails yep yeah and as many as we could what when you think about who you are today as a young guide, how did that season of your life influence and shape you? Mm. What are some things you learned as far as getting into hunting? Um, no, I, I mean more like, um, as a, as a guide and outdoorsman, I guess, holistically, like with growing up in the keys up till nine, what, what are those, some things that maybe you got from that season or time mm. in the keys that you wouldn't have got if you grew up in a rural County or somewhere Oof. else? I've I've never really thought about that hunter, so I um yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I know it, it would have been different. Mm -hmm. It would have been different if I was of if I was born up here and would have grew up here, it would have been definitely different. Yeah. This the one of the things that strikes me when I go down there is just how much a part of the culture obviously fishing mm -hmm. is. Yeah. I mean Being everywhere the along water. the coast people fish mm -hmm. and it's a big part. But when you go to the keys, like people go to the keys too. Yeah. Fish or drink you know, yeah. or both or both. <laughs> yeah. But there's not a lot of land. There's not a lot of land stuff to do there. Mm -hmm. Really. I mean, there's not a lot of land period. No, you know? no. Other than, other than the water and some nightlife that that's what the keys has to offer. Mm -hmm. It seems like to me. Yeah. That's, that's what I like to do. You're like, these white tail are <laughs> super spooky. Like, I can't even drive my car yeah. within 20 yards of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're actually the key deer are, are relatively, um, calm. They, yeah. They'll, some of them will let you come right up to them. Yeah. I mean, anytime them. you, you have people like you have signs and stuff, don't pet, don't feed the deer. It's <laughs> yeah. like, man, these are, these deer have gotten too comfortable. Too comfortable. <laughs> so talk to me about, so you move up here at nine. Um, I know a little bit just of, of y'all's story of, you know, your dad kind of transitioning into the boat company. And mm. I think a lot of people, when they think of owning a boat company and, starting a boat company they think that that's like a really sexy luxurious time but for you guys it was it um, was a real grind what was that like for you in your teenage years 
Um, tough, 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 tough. There was a, a, a good stretch of years that dad and I were working together and just to put food on the table mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of struggle, a lot mm-hmm. of struggle. And that definitely shaped me, uh, shaped me as a worker mm-hmm. as far as, uh, a work ethic. Cause yeah, a lot of days there was, there'd be, it'd be weeks, uh, without, without like a steady paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then schooling in, in between work hours. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was tough. It yeah. Was tough. So you, you move up here, you're in, you go from nightlife to no life. <laughs> no life. <laughs> I mean, I love it up here, but you know, I know you do too, but you go from like busyness to mm. this kind of really sleepy place. Mm. You go from your dad being a, you know, very successful fly fishing guide to starting a boat mm. business that really needed a lot of work up front as far as trying to grind and figure things out. Yeah. Um, in that season, what, yeah, you're saying that shaped your work ethic or for you, did you, were you like, man, I really want to be a guide. I want to be a boat builder. I mean, how does, how does that influence a teenage kid who honestly, uh, I had no desire to be either. I was Mm -hmm. just wanted to goof off, Mm -hmm. goof off, uh, hunt, fish. Didn't in in my teenage years definitely not do schoolwork. Mm -hmm. I was never good at school, and I never liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I got older, I realized that it to do all the things that I like to do it takes money. So I'm going to have to work. So guiding, I felt like I was okay at it or I was good, good enough at fishing. So why not guide? Yeah. And it, it was, it was, it was handed to me on a silver platter from, from dad. It, it didn't, it didn't take much. Mm -hmm. It didn't take a lot of, a lot of work to get the ball rolling. Yeah. So let's parse that a little bit. Cause that's something that, um, you know, Harry says to me all the time, like, there's things that he could tell me or could show me or could teach me, Mm. but he doesn't want to take the joy from figuring that out myself. Mm -hmm. And then there's times where he'll just (laughs) tell you stuff, show you stuff, whatever. And some of that might just be the day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But some there's some strategy there. There's some, you know, forethought there for you. Could you kind of talk to what, what are things that your dad taught you Mm. and influenced you as a guide and outdoorsman? Uh, And then what are things that your dad kind of withheld so that you would have to learn it or figure it out yourself? mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, a a lot of it, a lot of the things that I learned from him was just watching, Mm -hmm. um, being out on the boat, being in the woods with him. Um, we didn't really talk about what, how, how to do it, where to do it. Mm-hmm. It was mostly just watching, mm-hmm. watching. I'm very much a visual learner. Mm-hmm. What was the other key point that we were trying to touch on? The, the first one was just kind of what were some of the important things that maybe he was like instilling in you as a guide? Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to make Luke, you got to make sure you're doing this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is important. Here's how to do this. Like, what are some of those kind of big points? like I said, it was, it was mostly just, just watching mm-hmm. it, it. 
dad wouldn't really tell me this is what you use in this certain area. This mm-hmm. is when you fish this certain spot at this certain mm-hmm. tide. That was, that was just, yeah, kind of learning, learning with him, honestly, mm-hmm. especially when we were fishing up here. Yeah. Cause I mean, I know he had fished here some, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of getting to figure it out together. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. just saying that kind of come alongside and observe as much as you yes, can. Observing, and... observing mm-hmm. time on the water. Mm. time on the water that's for me that's that's what's helped me learn at any area is just being out there mm-hmm. are there some ways that you feel like you're doing what you're doing as a guide that are different than your dad um your own no. style with uh, it not not really not mm. really he he did He's done so much that it, there's nothing really new that I've yeah. <laughs> discovered as far as fishing techniques. Um, maybe fishing techniques, but not not styles of fishing. Yeah. yeah. And then for you, like for being a, a young guy, you have social media, but you never use it. We joke uh, about that all the time. Yeah. I mean, you, you have for, for being as young as you are, you have a pretty pretty old school approach you don't mm. really mess with cameras you don't yeah. really um have social media i mean i've never you don't own a computer do you no no yeah. i don't so i've never been been good with social media um and i guess you could say it's laziness i just don't want to take the time to do it and mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to do it mm-hmm. i don't want to do it I, I just want to fish with people that i want to fish with and yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, I've met a lot of people who talk about word of mouth is still the most powerful mm-hmm. way to build a business. Without a doubt. And so if you're giving people good experiences, you can let them, mm-hmm. you know, brag on you, brag on you. Yeah. Now, are you pretty tight with people on your boat with their social media? Um, not, not really. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't, you don't care if, so you're probably out there on other people's social medias. You just don't know it. Probably, you probably look terrible in the photos. You just have no clue. I mean, <laughs> you'd probably what? be embarrassed to see yourself in a, you're like, yeah. oh, hold on, let me retake that. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's been some videos where I've, uh, listened to myself and been like, oh, that's, that's, that's not good. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. wish you're you in would. the background yeah. saying who knows what. Yeah. Some yeah. Profanities. Yeah. Describe your style a little bit. Cause I know, cause I fished around you some, but like, mm. how, how do you like to, how would you describe the type of guide you are personality wise on the boat? I try and be calm, mm-hmm. calm and collected. Um, yes. Calm, calm as calm as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, good directions that's some some people have uh told me that i i that that's where I, where i shine yeah is as far as giving directions yeah being being calm about it not getting getting wild and crazy yeah i mean i went out with you this year and we took um on your skiff was my buddy jacob who mm-hmm. had never caught a redfish mm. he doesn't fish <laughs> he is a friend of mine from church and we work together with college students and he's an amazing, um, like just amazing worker. Mm-hmm. He's amazing organizer, photographer. photographer, videographer, just all things with screens, mm-hmm. all things you technology. don't do. <laughs> all things technology. And, um, but we brought him out there because we were shooting some shots of my dog, but we also stumbled on some redfish and 
you're like, oh, we're going to get Jacob his first redfish. And then you got, you got three, mm-hmm. which is really fun to mm-hmm. see. Um, and, uh, but I got to watch you like coach him because I mean, it was kind of like, here's how to open the bale mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it wasn't like I've bass fished a bunch. I just haven't caught the species. It was like, mm-hmm. they just hadn't fished very much, you know? And, um, and just kind of like a, Hey man, 12, 12 feet in front of the boat, just pitch it there. Just bang, you know, <laughs> slam it six feet, you know, let it go. You know, all the type, all the stuff that comes with helping people learn to do it. And I watched you coach them and you stayed really patient and you know gave him instruction it got to the point where you you were like uh i remember hearing because i was a little bit of ways but i could still hear on the water you know mm-hmm. it's like okay jacob uh if, <laughs> if this group if it doesn't happen with this group it might not ever <laughs> <laughs> just get it close get, just it close get it close we're gonna be fine anywhere in front um but yeah i think just being it for for how young you are i think yeah being able to instruct people well is that because of the instruction you got from your dad you think most likely yeah yeah yeah. Was he pretty patient with you? Very, very yeah. patient. Very patient. So not not super intense, but never. No. Never. No. But even even when we started fly fishing, mm-hmm. uh, even like fly fishing for tarpon, never never raised his voice. None of that. Always very patient. Yeah. Was there for you because you did get a chance to do a lot more? What you know, you're well rounded in the outdoor stuff. Then probably what I would think people would assume. Back to the, they probably think dad's Harry Spear, mm-hmm. bonefish, permit, tarpon, snook. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to do a lot of stuff. And for you at fourteen, fifteen, you know, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Be like, wow, that seems a little later than I would think with a fly fishing guide dad. Yeah. You know, but what what in that season how did that open up for you how did you get into it he he never never tried to force it mm-hmm. on us kids as far as fly fishing mm-hmm. now my older brother he he took up to it at a, at a younger age but i i never i never even thought about it until until mm-hmm. i was a uh, older teenager anything trigger that or just teenager mm-hmm. just sitting there one day yeah. like man the yeah. stuff my dad talks about is pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know what brought brought it up, but when we were first starting to learn this area in the winter months, we. I guess he brought a fly rod one day, mm-hmm. and uh, I picked it up and caught a redfish, and went, "Oh man, this is really cool. <laughs> I could do this." Yeah. So one of the things that you know, because I probably we probably fish together more than I fish with most guides in this area because I actually don't fish with a lot of guides in this area um but you know I know for you you you're kind of drawn to that simple more simple life Mm -hmm. you know not trying to you're not a gear nerd you're not trying to buy the latest greatest Mm -hmm. gear have the you know most expensive boat most expensive house you know Mm -hmm. all that stuff for you as you think about building your business what does success look like for you kind of long term Mm -hmm. being able to fish with my friends that pay me. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the ones who don't. <laughs> and sometimes the ones that don't. But, but mostly no, the ones who do. Yeah. The, having having a, a calendar year where I get to fish with the people that I want to, mm-hmm. when I want to, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and being able to, during the off seasons, do, do whatever I want. That, yeah. That's what success looks like to me. So right now you're heading into an off season. Mm-hmm. It's 
feels like it's like we have a hurricane coming right mm. now. Yeah. Um, you're heading to elk hunt. Mm-hmm. It is freaking so hot. It is so hot here in the South. And <laughs> as a good buddy once said, West is best. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can still catch fish and you can still do things, but you know, it's definitely a transition season for a lot of types of fishing around here. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you like to do in your off season? What types of things are you, give me like small local things and then give me your, your big elk stuff that you're getting into. All right. So local things, um, winter time, trout and red fishing, mm-hmm. pig hunting during the fall and winter, um, spot and stock, mm-hmm. bow, bow or gun, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just as long as I'm getting close. And then spring turkey season. Mm-hmm. And in the past three years, that's what's my drug of choice. Yeah. Turkey hunting, spring, spring turkey. Yep. What triggered that for you? Uh, a good friend, good local friend, him him and I were talking about it for 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 a couple years and we decided hey let's let's do this mm-hmm. and in the first year we had success and that was that know, was that was what it. you needed yeah. yeah we saw some great great hunts and it was like yeah this is we should do this we should really get into this yeah now I grew up with a dad who loved turkey hunting when I was young and then middle school, high school, I liked whitetail and mm. I wanted to chase horns and, um, turkey hunting was, I don't know. I don't know if I put it this way at the time, but maybe like a lot of work for, to me, like a couple inches of different beard length. Like when you're a horn guy, mm-hmm. you know, horn guy in air quotes, cause I was in middle school and high school. So, you know, but <laughs> You know, when, when you're drawn to that, sometimes the turkey piece is like, it's about the hunt. It's about mm-hmm. the stock. It's about calling them, interacting with them, bringing them in. And then yeah. different size spurs and beards are like the trophy element or if mm-hmm. you had double beard or whatever, but it's not quite the same as like shooting a 140 plus inch deer or yeah. something, you know, the horns, but yeah, it's super interactive. It's super engaging. Yes. I mean, when it's, when it's right, there is, there. I didn't didn't mention it, but the other my other off time season would be elk. Yeah, and that's that's right after tarpon season. So mm-hmm. elk, whitetail, pigs, and then turkey. Yeah, and that and fishing in between, and that pretty much takes up all all my off time season. Yeah. So tell me about this elk trip. Um. So we're going to Colorado, so it'll be over the counter tag, um, along with everybody else and their brother mm-hmm. out there. Um, it'll be a archery hunt and it's going to be a lot of tough miles, yeah. a lot of tough miles. How long are you anticipating? How'd you kind of, how'd you think about your schedule piece? Like, so my schedule piece is I have no schedule. <laughs> yeah. So you just drive up there. I'm and... driving up there and when I'm tired and missing home, I'll come back. But yeah. elk season is a month. So yeah. I, I have a month. One you got month. a month to figure it out. One month to figure it out. How mobile will you be? Do you have a dedicated zone that you're wanting to go to? Or are mm-hmm. you going to fly all over? Not fly, but drive all over the place. Drive all over the place. Um, uh, I've, I've had, I got some areas that I've hunted before. And mm-hmm. then um, using online maps, found found new areas that I'm going to go go check out. So, it, it yeah, I will be moving around quite a bit are you hotels friends houses tents sleeping on the ground 
on the ground on the ground in a tent on the ground in a tent the whole time yeah. okay yeah. yeah tell me about packing for it's funny because like right now i'm packing for a four-day fishing trip to chandelier island which mm. is nothing mm-hmm. compared to a Mm-hmm. potentially month-long elk trip like most people haven't packed for something that big and diverse as far as what could happen how do you think through that um, whatever you think you need pack double yeah <laughs> um so i'm i have enough gear to last me about two weeks freeze-dried meals mm-hmm. different pieces of food clothing um i have the right clothing to get me through honestly Mm mid-october so and and the right gear that's the biggest thing with going out west and elk hunting mule deer hunting whatever you're doing out there Mm. you have to have the right gear or you will be miserable yeah the right boots right boots the right pack clothing the right other pieces of gear headlamps um medical kit yeah you you definitely want to be over prepared when you go out there are you uh doing it solo or uh, with i'm a gonna friend i'm or? gonna meet a friend out there but i'm sure there'll be times where we'll break away from each other and i'll be mm-hmm. i'll be doing it on my own what how does cell service and all that work out there um not great yeah not great so you There's, download the map you da- you're downloading downloading offline maps on on onyx um and then i always carry a not a sat phone but a a garmin a garmin unit that i can do an emergency signal em- on emergency signal text people text people mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and i would think that a lot of that um it seems like and I'm growing in this as I'm getting more opportunity and traveling more. A lot of people enjoy the preparation of it, mm. the build up to it. Yes. What's that look like for you? You kind of towards the end of tarpon season, you start thinking elk, 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 elk. elk. I get my bow out and I start shooting. And yeah. then first day off, I'll go to the archery shop, get some new arrows, a new rest, a new sight. Yeah. Drop, drop some money. Yeah. Get, get the excitement going. But yeah, always the first thing is shooting my bow. Mm-hmm. And what what do those sessions look like for you trying to prep for that? Er, early in the morning, late in the afternoon when it's not hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still hot. You're, you're still sweating, but it's the sun's not beating down on you. Yeah. It's not 100. It's only 88. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was 92 at 10 p.m. the other night. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was walking out of my, I got out of my truck and I is 92 at 10 p.m. <laughs> We needed a breeze. Yeah. A breeze yeah. and a rain shower. Yeah. So you're doing, do you try to shoot once a day, twice a day? At least once a day. Mm-hmm. At least once a day. Um, what about the hiking component? Like, I mean, you're on a skiff and you're, you're push pulling, you're on your feet a lot. So, I mean, I would think it would look a little different for you, but that, I think that helps with, with core strength. Mm-hmm. But every time I go out there, the first three days, I'm on the struggle bus. Yeah. The first day is always my lungs trying to get acclimated to the dry, high altitude air. And then the next two, three days, my legs are killing me. Mm -hmm. And every time you're like, I just want to sit down. And then you're like, bump that. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. (laughs) What do you do when you're not hunting? You sleep, you eat, sleep, eat. 
glass, stay in the shade, hmm. take a nap. Take, take a lot of thinking. A lot of thinking. A lot yeah. of thinking. Yeah. Your mind can wander. Um, but I, I try and stay relatively focused on what I'm out there to do. Mm-hmm. And that's. And there's obviously correlations with that in fishing. I mean, that's yeah super obvious, but yeah. I think there's some help here as far as for you, a month long elk trip might serve the same purpose as somebody's three day, mm. you know, kind of come down here, tarpon fish with mm. you for three days and yeah. really try to disconnect or yeah. from their normal rhythms. Um, how do those two things go together in your mind when um, you're trying to help people? For, for me going out West, I think it, it does help with my mental clarity, mm-hmm. just kind of taking a, a, a breather, uh, a recharge, I guess you could say mm-hmm. for, for tarpon, tarpon fishing with somebody coming down here to tarpon fish with me. I don't, I don't think it would be the same. Um, I think most people put more pressure on themselves for, for a, for a three day tarpon trip. Yeah. Then you do on trying to kill an elk. Yeah. With, with me going out there for, for as, as long as I do three weeks, two weeks that, that gives me a lot, lot more time to accomplish what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was out there for four days, I'm sure it would be a lot different. Yeah. yeah you would feel the, you would feel the pressure. Pressure. Yeah. If you go and a big bull walks out two days and you pop them, what do you do? What um, are you coming home? Nope. <laughs> just gonna. I'm, I'm bringing with the processor, and then I'm gonna go buy another. It, time. It, Is that how it works? I don't know. Not in the same state. If I yeah. was able to find a tag in another state, I might do that. But maybe help help my buddy out trying to get one, yeah. and then just goof off out there. Yeah. Hike around. Go look at new areas for the next year. Mm-hmm. Something like that, but no, definitely not come home right away. Yeah. So let's talk a, m- a moment about scouting because I know you love it, and uh, I've done some fishing scouting together with mm. you. Just kind of let's go see what's going on here, do this or that or whatever. Um, how do you approach scouting, big picture fishing and hunting included? How do you like to think through it? Uh, so I'll use a lot of Google Earth, mm-hmm. both hunting and fishing. Um. And then as far as the way I go about it, uh, previous, um, success, what, what did that look like? Where, Mm -hmm. where was that? What did the, what did the landscape look like, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as fishing, what was the tide doing, water clarity, things, things of that nature. Do you write anything down or you just hold it in the head? I hold it in the head. That's what almost everybody does. Yeah. And it, uh, it would be, it'd probably be smart to write certain things down because there's there's definitely things that i forget yeah alcohol can do that to you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's yeah mental notes for Mm -hmm. me so you had mentioned winter redfish and that's one of our favorite things to goof off and do together because I don't see you that much during the summer, truthfully, yeah. unless I run into you at the bar or whatever. Because yeah. I mean, that's hay season. You gotta be with clients, you know. Make it while I can. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the winter red fishing here is incredible. It's really fun. It's mm. a great place to come to because we do have, you know, we have Civic Brewery 
over by where you live. Mm-hmm. Awesome brewery, cool place to go. Mm-hmm. We got some restaurants that are um, cooking amazing food. I, mm-hmm. I think Lynn's over by East Point is mm-hmm. really, really good. Yeah. I went to Trident the other day, which is Ooh. in uh, One of my Sob Choppy or in Panacea. Really good. Mm-hmm. So we have, if people want to come down here and do something different in the winter, we have a lot of great things going on, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of great guides that they can go out with and do winter uh, fishing. We have great sight fishing, great fly fishing mm-hmm. for that. Um, but for you, what what is, what's kind of to you the draw of the winter redfish, the winter trout? What does that look like for your clients, all that? When, when the weather is right, when the when a front's not blowing through, it's so comfortable to be out there. The weather's, it's cool. The air can be crisp, um, sunny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, the fishing can be really, really good. Um, and yeah, fly fishing and, and spin fishing. That One of my favorite things to do is spin fishing, just throwing plugs. Yeah. Yeah, you love, I, you definitely love trout more than me. I think that's... Big trout, not just any trout, big trout. Yeah. And we are starting to play around with them on the fly rod a little bit. Uh, It's just, they're very finicky. Yes. (laughs) And if anybody says that uh, a a trout on fly rod is easy in clean, shallow water. If it's sight fish, not a bycatch. Yeah. Yeah, Not 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 a bycatch. Yeah. Is, uh, they're, they're a challenge. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, it actually might be the closest thing. To permit fishing we have stylistically I would say to have big, to lead a fish super far mm-hmm. clean water skittish fish might not even respond to, in any good or bad way yeah um but yeah i i think that you were saying the weather too you know we had an insanely cold christmas like three days around christmas mm. but a lot of the season it's like a hoodie yeah it's not like hardcore like yeah you know shivering yeah. and it's not the keys it's even on the on the harder days i I still like fishing even when you Mm -hmm. have to wear like blue jeans and then wear bibs over that uh at least on like the the run out and the run in yeah Um, we went out on the the day after christmas didn't or yeah and it was in the in the fish were like popsicles popsicles (laughs) yeah i think that i touched a redfish face with a gulp (laughs) Yeah. That's that's that was the that was the temperature that they were at. Yeah. yeah. Well, it happened fast. That's what really was mm-hmm. that came in. It went from like t-shirt to covering our fruit trees. Yes. You know. Yeah. Very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Florida is a very uh, unique state. It can be hot as hot can get and cold as cold can get. <laughs> yeah. Within the same week. Within the same week. <laughs> no. Um, with with kind of the the hunting and fishing background you have is there anything that you haven't got a chance to get into that you're thinking about or wanting to get into Mm, hunting and fishing in certain areas Mm -hmm. uh, certain locations along the in the world Mm -hmm. that's but as far as what's that bucket list looking like for you mm, right now so that old luke can listen to this one day so as far as hunting that's that's where most of my my uh, time goes in the off season. Um, Hawaii, mm-hmm. I'd love to go to Hawaii. Bonefish, uh, Axis deer, hogs, Axis hogs, turkey. Um, what is their turkey? Is, and I'm not I sure. Don't know. I'm yeah, pretty I sure it's you. an Eastern. It's an, an Eastern, yeah. But it's the location that you're hunting them. That's very oh, of course, yeah. Volcanic rock, freaking oh my gosh, steep, nasty terrain. 
and then New Zealand. I would love to go to New Zealand mm. to, to hunt fallow deer and and stag and all those other great animals they have over there. But yeah, the, that's the, that's your future. That's your future bucket list, right there. That's my future bucket list, and then and then let's not forget like uh, Alaskan moose. I'd love to do that, or just go to Alaska. Period. Mm-hmm. Fishing, yeah. hunting. I don't care. Just go to Alaska. Yeah, see it, and then yeah, spend more time out west, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana. Mm-hmm. Those are some special. Do you states. like the stream stuff? I never hear you talking about. Any type of I've stream never, fishing. I've never freshwater fished out west. Yeah. I've never even had a fly rod in my hand out west. Yeah. It's, just not high on the bucket list. I've been in some great streams and looked at fish and went, mm, that's cool. Yeah. And I, I would like to do it. I would do it. It's, I'm not a, opposed yeah. to do it, but I just never. Have so you won't even have earth. a fly rod with you on this elk trip Probably. in the truck? <laughs> Mm, probably not yeah. <laughs> I got my bring truck. one what if a huge something happens a big hatch or something you're, just, uh, you're gonna be caught with your pants down i uh, mean caught my pants down <laughs> <laughs> that, you know look at it and go that's nice uh here i know let's go chase him yeah i got gotcha, you i got gotcha. you when you think back at your childhood what are what are some of the core memories do you have any memories from the keys or from even up here mm. that just really really stick with you mm. when you're wandering around for elk and you're just thinking about your childhood are there good memories that come up yes yes um mostly mostly catching tarpon mm-hmm. um when was your first tarpon do you remember it no no good problem to have uh i do remember um a day i so uh i, I was able to catch a world record mm-hmm. uh, at seven with dad which wow. it's now been broken, and that was on on bait. I do remember that mm-hmm. very very well. That that day, we, I think we caught a total of five or something like that. Wow! And uh, and and one we were able to tag and 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 register. That's amazing. So yeah. seven year old world record tarpon holder. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Pee Wee Division. The Pee Wee yeah. Division. I think I might have been fifty five pounds or something. <laughs> <laughs> I I assumed it was a small a pee some sort of pee wee. You're not out there the 200 plus pound. No, at no seven a, seven seems a little young for ninety ninety five pound pounds. fish. Wow, yeah, ninety five pound. Fish. That's a good fish though. Yeah, still a good one. Yeah, but that that record's been broken many many times now. Yeah, by some new age pee weeers. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, a young girl has the the record right now. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Were you into record chasing as a kid or did it just happen? Your dad just like, Hey, just so you know, you just set the Pee Wee world record. It bought a tag first thing in the morning, went out, did it. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never in my mind was, uh, did that, did that have any, did you do any sports growing up? Uh, um, just swimming uh, on, on a swim team. I was yeah. on the swim team. Um, I was okay. Never, never great. Um, and I do wish that I would have stayed with that in throughout my teenage years. Mm-hmm. That was a great, great exercise. Nothing yeah. better than, than swimming. Do you, I know you did a uh, homeschool, didn't do college. Do you like, do you look back and say, man, I wish I would have went to college. You feel pretty good about never, never, yeah. never. Um, you don't need a British lit course to help you with your ban- boat banter. Mm, no, 
No, my 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 redneck boat banter is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got a PhD out here. Yeah. But uh, to go back on 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 memories, uh, a lot of times when when I'm out west, I'm I'm thinking about just the 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 tarpon season that I had fish that that mm-hmm. I caught with certain people, mm-hmm. certain memories of bites, jumps, mm-hmm. the big ones, the small ones. Yeah. If you were given advice, I know you're, how old are you? 27? 28. 28. Um, and so you're, that's kind of why we're doing the young gun series. It's kind of fun to talk to people who are towards the front end really of Mm -hmm. what they're trying to build and do with their lives and with their, their, um, businesses and just all of that. But for a new kid, maybe fresh out of college, fresh out of high school, whatever, what, what advice would you give them just as somebody who it's not that you've had, and this is the interesting thing about interviewing younger people sometimes. It's not that you have 40 years of guiding mm. and walking down that road, which is great. But when you've had 30 or 40 years of walking down that road, it's been 30 or 40 years since you were in that moment. And a mm-hmm. lot has changed. Mm-hmm. So this is what I did when I was 20 and it worked for me mm-hmm. 40 years ago. You know, So there's something too sometimes about being just a few steps ahead of somebody where it's not that you've had so much experience, but that you've experienced something very similar as far as the context around that person. What advice would you give to young guides who are trying to get in it? Um, So there's one piece of advice. Find in in anything, anything that you do, find your craft and perfect it, Mm. whatever that is. Um, If it's bait fishing, fly fishing, inshore fishing, offshore fishing, um, even if you wanted to be a hunting guide Mm -hmm. yeah find your craft find what you like to do and then perfect it Mm -hmm. the best way you know how and look to your elders for for advice Hmm. what does that look like that piece to you like trying to how do you look well to people who are before you let's remove the dad piece but just interacting with older guides older anglers Mm. any tips there um reach out to people don't be don't be afraid to reach out to people Mm -hmm. even even on social media people that you don't know Mm -hmm. there's plenty of uh humans in the world that are will help you as Mm -hmm. much as they can that's good man well thanks for carving out a little bit of time before you hit the road it's been good excited to hang out when you get back hopefully cook up some yes Yes, some nice elk backstrap. Sounds good to me, man, but so grateful for it, man. Excited to interview you down the road, get get some more takes on it, and I hope you have a great trip. Excellent. Thank you, Hunter, for having me. Thanks again for listening to Captain's Collective. Help us out by leaving a review and sharing this podcast with friends. Speaking of young guns, check out this latest single, Separate Ways, by my friend, Leon Meitzen. Something I can't help Go our separate ways But you know that I won't live without you, babe I'm driving on that freeway Trying to kill the time Leaning on our memories So I can rest my eyes 
Lost to it. 